Clive. We'd like to say good morning to our online community. We'd like to say good morning also to our church family that's local. We just give praise to God. Let's give a hand clap of praise for our online community. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. God has truly increased the people that's uh, been listening online. All good. And it's it just it's just awesome. It, it, it's literally awesome. We're excited to hear what the Lord is going to say. Of course, I'm going to take the children back with me. Dr. Mellon will come and he will bring the word today. And we're excited. We're looking to hear from heaven. Amen. Amen. Looking to hear from heaven. So I'm, I'm believing God, okay? One more time, let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. Good morning, church. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to thank you, Father, for allowing us to come together in your fellowship once again, Father. Father, we ask in Jesus' name, Lord, that you will continue to cover us, guide us, and protect us as we go along our way in you, trying to reach our points of destinations to destinations. And Father, in Jesus' name, we just want to lift up this congregation before you this morning. Forever we shall give you praise. In Jesus' name, let the church say amen. Amen. Please say amen again. And once again, for the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our message today is entitled, Walk This Way. Our message today is, Walk This Way. You know, a destination in life gives us excitement. It's not the destination that we're trying to reach in life that gives us the excitement, but it's the journey that's involved in it. Now you think about it. Every time you reach a destination, it's not quite as satisfying as the journey that it took to get you there. And life is, is, is made of many destinations. For instance, to start it on a small scale, we go to work every day, and our destination is to get off from work that evening, right? But in the meantime, we have to take the journey through the day to get to that destination. Amen? Amen? And you know how it is. Like a lot of times, you know, when you're at work, you say, man, when I go home, I'm going to go to sleep. Anybody ever been like that? Mm-hmm. And then when you get off from work, that whole thing, once you reach that destination of getting off from work, everything changed, don't it? I just want to keep it simple because we're going to go pretty deep here today. But I want to start you off simple here. So in life, there are many destinations. There's always another destination after we reach a destination. And each destination has a journey with it, right? And in that journey, there are all kinds of circumstances, just like life. We're, on a, we're trying to get to the next destination in eternal life. But in that destination, we have to go through this journey of life, right? And there's all kinds of things going on in this life, in our life, right? It's not always pretty. Sometimes it is, but most of the time it's right there in between what we call a happy medium. But once we reach that destination, there's always 
another destination. Church, what I'm trying to tell you this morning is that we don't have to wait for eternity because we are in eternity. Ever since we've been in the bosom of God, and God being an eternal God, we've been in eternity. But there are just simply destinations that we have to go from one destination to another in this journey of eternity that we're involved in. Amen? See, eternity is not a destination as such as much as it is a journey, an eternal journey. So I want to start with a man named David. Now, David, we'll be coming out of this morning when we get to the text, we'll be coming out of 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel, the 30th chapter, starting at the 6th verse. Amen? Can everybody hear me okay? Good, good, good. Now, is this man named David? Now, The word David means the beloved of God. And David is a king and he's also a priest. Now, David represents and signifies the soul that has been saved by God. We are his beloved people. Amen? Now, with David being... A king and a priest. When we go to Revelations 1 6, and we won't go there, but I'll reiterate it, God says, I made you kings and priests. And he's made us kings and priests through Christ Jesus. So when we talk about the situation with David, we've got to learn that actually God is talking about the kingship and priesthood in us. God is talking about our souls that have been saved and what it has to go through and the things that we take it through in the midst of our living here in this world. Amen? Y'all following me? So here's David, and David, he's on the run. You ever been on the run before? Mm-hmm. David is on the run, people, and he's on the run from a person called Saul, who is the king of Israel at that particular time. And David's running from him because David's life is in jeopardy. Amen? Now, Saul, word means you ask for it. Have you ever asked for something? <laughs> and the very thing that you asked for put you on the run for your life? Mm-hmm. I know I'm in the house. Now, that's what was going on here in the text. See, a lot of times we ask for things, and then when we get it, that very same thing that we ask for attaches itself to us, and it begins to pursue us. See, first we're pursuing it. And then at some point, that thing that we ask for, which is not of God, because Saul wasn't of God, the people asked. Saul. That's why his name means ask for, you asked for it. So when we get it, that thing that we was pursuing is now pursuing us and trying to kill us. Am I in the house? Mm-hmm. I know I am. See, I, don't, I, I really don't need an amen. I'd like to get them, but I'd like to hear your opinion, but I'm going to preach this word to you anyway. <laughs> you know, you can't hide from God. 
now, 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 God has already thrown out some powerful truths already. He hasn't even begun yet. So if you're slow on this, you're sure enough going to get slow as we get deep on into this thing. I can promise you that, but I don't want that to happen. I want us to understand that God is a good God and God loves us and God wants us to understand that he's there for us. So here's David and he's on the run. Now what David has done now, see, David is down there with what we call the Philistines, the enemies of Israel. And now he's down there fighting with it. See, that's what that thing you ask for will do. It'll drive you back. See, that word Philistine means rolling in the dust. That means rolling in the things of the world or rolling in your lower self. Anybody ever been uh, contaminated till they're rolling in their lower self instead of their higher self? And now the world has you trapped because that thing that you asked for, now you're struggling with it and you're running from it, and now it's trying to kill you. So now... You're so preoccupied with trying to stay alive from that thing that you asked for and that I asked for. And now you're so busy trying to stay alive until that thing over there, what God has for you, is being taken away. And see, that's what happened to David. While David was out fighting with the Philistines, the Amalekites, we're back there taking everything that God had given David and his men. And that's what happens to us. See, that word Amalekite means dweller in the valley. See, when we're over here running for our life because of what we ask for the things in the world, and now it's chasing us. See, we're so preoccupied with trying to stay alive from that until this dweller of the valley over here, that thing that steals all the nutrients that God has given us, see, we lose it. And then by the time we get back over here, like when David and them got back over there, when they got back over there where they were at their home, everything was burned. Their family was gone. Have you ever taken any losses that God has given you because you took your eye off of what God was doing? And that thing that you asked for had you so preoccupied, had you so messed up, until you thought you was protecting this over here, but and you thought it was safe. But the problem was is that we were in a place where we should not have been fighting a war that we shouldn't have to be fighting, but we asked for it. And now we're over here trying to deal with that. And everything over here that God has given us is being taken away. So David, when he got back there, Everything gone. What happened? We took our eyes off the true fight because we got involved in things. That's why Paul said, touch not, taste not, handle not. The people that does do it, they perish at the usage thereof. A man, and I'm talking about mankind, we got to be careful what we put our hands to because I'm fighting things in my life that I shouldn't be fighting. But because I put my hands to it, I'm fine. I, I know I'm not the only one. I said, I know I'm not the other one. But see, I can't get no help from the church. But God loves us anyway. All right. So the story, we're going to take it up here in verses 6 of First Samuel chapter 30, verses 6. And... I want you to put verse 6 up there for me, son. 
The word of the Lord says, and David, remember David is our soul that is saved because we are kings and priests of the most high God. And David means beloved of God. And that's what God does when he saves us. He begins to, our souls become the apple of his eye. I'll put it like that. So David, when he got back and he saw that everything was gone and all the men that were with him, the Bible says, and David was not just distressed, but he was what? Greatly distressed. Because he was in a position of loss. And it don't feel good when we place ourselves in a position of loss. Amen? And look what happens. For the people spake of stoning him. Let me tell you about that word stoning. It means your own thoughts. Have you ever screwed up and then your own thoughts begin to stone you? Oh, you were fool. Oh, you were stupid. You're, anybody? Am I the only one? Uh-huh. I just want you to be honest before God this morning. See, God is looking for an honest church. And he didn't come to save those that were whole. He came to save those that are sick. A whole man don't need a physician, but a sick man does. Amen? That's the word. Mm -hmm. This is a hospital. This is where we come to get healed. This is not where we come to hear a feel-good message because the truth should make us feel good if we're about the truth. But some of us, see, the truth makes us examine ourselves. We have to take a look at ourselves. So here's David, and he's greatly distressed. And he's distressed because he's about to be stoned to death. And really, we're the same way. We begin to stone our own selves, don't we? With our own thoughts. Of depression and misfortune. And you know I can't turn loose of the past. Because I made this mistake. You can't make up for a loss. All you can do is try not to do it again. You got to keep moving with this thing. Because Paul said. I'm forgetting those things that are behind me. And I'm pressing on toward those things that are before me. That means that Paul's past. As a murderer of the Christians. And as a killer. And as a religious fanatic against God's people. See. see, That was always in his back of his mind. Trying to pull him back. And he said I got to forget that. I got to forget that. Anybody here need to forget some things, some mistakes that they've made, and stop allowing it to take you down? Okay. He says now, he was greatly distressed, and the people wanted to stone him, right? We already have deciphered what that means in this sermon. I said in this one. Because the soul of all the people were grieved, verse 6, they were grieved. Every man for his sons and his daughters. But I want you to look at something. Can I get that up there on the board, on the monitor? The Bible says, but, that's a conjunction, cancels out all that other stuff. But David, you, you got to learn to encourage yourself. Because David encouraged himself. He didn't encourage himself in him. 
Him, he, he encouraged himself in the Lord. See, sometimes people ain't going to encourage you. Sometimes people are not going to be there for you. Sometimes people, sometimes you're not even going to be there for yourself. But you got to learn, and I got to learn more and more to encourage ourselves in the Lord. Not in the things that God has done for us, but in the Lord. Because a lot of times the things that's being done for us is not of God anyway. You know the devil know how to bless too. You know that word blessing, you got to be careful with that word bless. When somebody say bless you, because when you look at it, at the word blessed in the Hebrew text, it means to be blessed in a good way, but it also means to be cursed. It just depends on how people are using it. So everybody blessing you ain't blessing you for the good. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes you're being cursed by the same ones who are saying, bless you. By the same one that I'll pray for you, but I'm hungry and you ain't giving me nothing to eat. So what good is the prayer going to do? I'm just being real now. I'm just being real up in here. So here it is, and they're going through, and David said now, he, he, he learned and he encouraged himself because of the situation. See, after he went through all that he had went through, you know, and they had, just before that, before he had encouraged himself, see, he had to go through this thing called, what you call it, when you're in a funk, you depressed, and they cried, and they cried, and they cried, and they cried because of their loss. Have you ever did that? Until you couldn't, they couldn't even cry no more. Wasn't no more tears left. And see, after the tears is gone, because they don't make no flowers grow no way, after the tears is gone, now you got to figure out another way. So David said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to stop crying because I ain't got no more tears no way. And ain't nobody listening. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord. And David, when he came to that revelation, let me get a little deep here now. When he came to that revelation, look at verse 7. Let me show you some things. Spiritually. Verse 7. Can I get it, please? Verse 7 said, And David said to Abiathar the priest. Abiathar means the builder of God in you. It's a, it's, it's a type of the Holy Spirit, okay? It's just hidden down in there. Because the Old Testament is hidden knowledge, and the New Testament brings it out. But you can't get nothing without the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen? You can read this thing all day long and not understand it. That's why we need teachers. We, 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 we're going to get to that too. He said, and David said to Abiathar, the priest of Bimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. See, you don't teach about that in church. See, so you, don't, you probably don't even know what that is. And if you heard of it, that's all you did was heard of it because I know they don't teach it out there spiritually. But we're going to today because that's what we do here. We build people in the kingdom of God. We build temples here for God. The Holy Spirit is the only thing that can bring the ephod to you because the ephod in the physical 
The Old Testament was a garment that the priest wore. Now, remember, we're kings and priests now through Christ. So we're bringing this thing up into our life now. The ephod is a garment. It's an outer garment that was worn by the priest. It represents the light of God. We're the light of the world, right? I can't get no amen. I say we're the light of the world, right? And if a city is on a hill, it can't be hid, Jesus said. Amen? So Jesus said, let your light shine, right? That's what that ephod is. He told the Holy Spirit, Abiathar, the priest, bring me the ephod. This is our soul speaking to the Spirit of God in us. When we're in a defunct situation in our life and we need help and we need encouragement, this is how we learn to encourage ourselves. So here it is. He brings the ephod. Now, this ephod has some pieces to it. The ephod had two onk stones on the shoulder of it that the priest wore. Those two stones represent the thoughts and the burdens that Christ took and bore for us on the cross. That's why they're on the shoulder, okay? I'm not going to go any deeper on that because I got so much I got to cover until, you know, I just want to sketch you through some things and hit some deep spots every once in a while. But I don't want to, I could spend a whole hour on, on just that, them two stones, but I'm not going to do it. They are used, they're there on the shoulder for the carrying of the burdens of the people. Amen? Amen. Now, they also had a thing called the breastplate. That went over the ephod. The ephod, I mean, the breastplate represents your soul and itself. Not the light of your soul, but the soul itself that's been saved. And what it has, it has 12 stones, which are the 12 spiritual thoughts of God, because 12 is the divine will of God for man in your life. See, we're going to teach you up in here. We, we, we ain't going to do all that old hooping and that old crazy stuff. See, we're going to have you where you can be prepared, where you can have something when you leave here to go back on and understand who you are and who we are in God because we don't need the church don't even know they're Israel, the true Israel. See, we have an identity crisis. And that's why people are being taught anything and everything because, see, if the blind lead the blind, they both fall in the ditch. So here we are, and this breastplate, you could ask this thing questions, and it would light up. Now, what's hidden here is what we call the Urim and the Thummim. Anybody ever heard of the Urim and the Thummim? The Urim and the Thummim was two diamond-like, round-shaped crystals. One was clear or white. One was black. And it signified whether you were guilty or whether you was innocent. Amen? You never saw that on the priest. It was hidden. The light is supposed to shine. The ephod, you're supposed to see it. We're supposed to see our soul with each other because everything emanates from that. But there's this hidden thing called the Urim and the Thummim. And nobody know, knew in the Old Testament where the priest hid it. But it's inside. It's hid. 
And it would signify whether you were guilty of something or whether you was innocent of it. Amen? So when you ask that thing, that question, and that breastplate start lighting up, you ever ask God a question and, you, and your soul start lighting up and you start getting answers? And that's the breastplate. And them lights, each one of them lights would signify a certain word. And it would get, write it out in a sentence and it would give you the answer. And you would find out whether you was innocent or guilty. Amen? So David said, bring me the ephod. Put it up there, son. He said, bring me the ephod. And Abiathar brought thither the ephod to David. Mm-hmm. Next verse. And David did what? Inquired. He started asking some questions. Like we need to do. We started asking questions. He said, now, shall I pursue after this troop? In other words, should I go back and get my stuff that I lost because I was over there out of place trying in a fight that I shouldn't have never been in anyway? But now I'm over here fighting over here and losing over here and losing the most important thing. David said, I want my stuff back, Lord. Should, should, should I go up? He just didn't go. See, a lot of times we just go on our own. And get our heads busted, right? And things get worse, and things get worse, and things get worse. But he, 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 David, David sought the Lord. He said, shall I pursue him? And not only shall I pursue him, but I want to know, can I win? Because I don't want to go up against something that I can't win. He, and he answered him. That's God answering him. He said, go up, pursue. For thou shalt surely overtake them. And without fail, listen to me, church, everything you lost, the devil got to give it back. He got to pay back twice, double, and in another place in the Old Testament, it says he's got to pay back seven times. So he said, now, you shall surely overtake them, and without fail, you shall recover all. I don't care about no coronavirus or nothing else. I'm getting all of it back. Everything I lost to the devil, what about you? Are you going to inquire to the Lord and ask him, shall I? And hear the Lord say to you, go up, for surely you're going to, without fail, you'll get everything that's been taken from you. The important things. Not them things that you don't need, but them things that you lost over here while you was over there messing around. I'm preaching to myself too. It ain't just you, it's me too. God is God of all of us. Yes, He is. So, and David, he inquired, and he goes on and he says, now he's going to recover all this without fail. Go to Isaiah 30, verse 20, and verse to 22. We ain't going to be with you long. But I want you to understand and catch. Yeah, Isaiah. Let me see. Uh, Isaiah 30. Verse 20 through 23. Over there. Watch this. Put that up there for me, man, because I, I need him to see this. 
Watch God. Remember, David was greatly distressed, right? He was in agony, right? Because he was out of place, right? He was in a place where God never told him to go anyway, right? And though the Lord give you the bread of what? Somebody say trouble. Because that's what adversity is. And he give you the waters of what? Suffering. Affliction. Who did it? The Lord. Why did he do it? Because we're out of place. But how many of y'all know that everything that God does, the good, the bad, and the ugly, because he said, I do it all. I'm the Lord. I'm the one doing all this. So whoever he used to do it, whether it's Satan, his imps, or man, or whatever, God is still the one who's directing this because all things, not some things, but all things, work for the good of those who love the Lord and been called in accordance to his purpose. See, this is real. These are not just words. These are things that we have to live by. And it takes practice and discipline. And as we get better at it, it's just like a child. They don't come out knowing how to walk or talk. You know what I'm saying? When we get saved, we don't know how to get up here and do what I'm doing now, you know? Or you don't learn just then, just because you got saved, the way you're able to walk with God. Now, it took time. He said, now, I'm going to give you the bread of adversity, and I'm going to give you the waters of affliction, because Jesus said, in the world, you're going to have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Amen? So he said, yet shall not Thy, watch this, teachers, be removed into a corner anymore. Hello, house of destiny. God is true to his word. Neither will the teachers that God has for you, not the ones you like, but the ones that, (laughs) you know what I'm saying. I don't like that old preacher over there, you know. Because he don't make us jump around that stupid. So he's boring. You know, you can't eat and talk at the same time. There's a time for that. And then there's a time to sit down at the table and eat. But have you ever seen the little sparrows? They fix their little dinner plate. You know, little birds. And then here come the old crow. He just come in with his foot and just crash and mess everything up. Then messed up the whole dinner. And they was there just as nice. And they was minding their own business. It was quiet, you know. So they done already got up this morning praising God. So now it's time. They praised him and now God is feeding them, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what he's doing now to you. Put it back up there, son. And yet shall... Not thy teachers be removed into a corner anymore, but thine eyes, which is your spiritual faculty, shall see with your spiritual eyes thy teachers. You'll be able to see what's real and who's authentic in these teachings and who's not, because they're going to take you to a place that you ain't never went before. I ain't never heard this before. Something, something's different here. Wait a minute. I tell you what's different. God's word is true. That's what he said. I'm going to bring these teachers out of the corners. In other words, there's a new sheriff in town. 
There's a new sheriff in town, you see. Because them old ones, they were hirelings. And what they did for you, they did to get things out of you instead of give things to, oh, y'all don't want to talk to me, see. Because y'all, some of y'all probably still in love with some of them jack legs. But I'm preaching truth up in here to y'all. So, 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 so God says, now look. He ain't said nothing about our deformities or none of that. Because he, 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 he already got that. Plead the blood. Mm-hmm. He says now in verse 21. And thine ears. Ooh. Your ears. Your ability to not only just hear, but to understand what you're hearing. He says, shall hear a word. What a word going to be? Be, uh-oh, that's the trick right there. See, see, y'all always look for the shepherd to lead from the front. But a true shepherd leads from the back. That's why I don't make no difference whether I'm picking up paper or whatever. No, I don't have to be in this pulpit to know who I am. Because everything in here doesn't come up under me. Every minister in here, and they qualify. Or they wouldn't be up there. So when they get up there... All they're doing is speaking from what's been placed in them. And they're going to give you the same thing, the truth. Am I right about it, Rep? They're going to give you the same thing, the truth. They ain't going to go on their own, but they're going to go by way of the Holy Spirit because that's the way they've been taught. I was at a funeral one time. Preacher asked me. He's looking at the itinerary. He said, you know, do we, do, 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 can I do this or can I do that? I say, no, what you need to do is what they told you to do on that itinerary. You ain't preaching the eulogy, so don't get up there and try. If they ask you to pray, pray. And get out the way. If they ask you to read a scripture, don't give them any sermon. Sit your silly self down. And do what you're told. Go by the itinerary because this is the wishes of the family. Amen. Well, that kind of threw him back. But it didn't make no difference to me. Because he needed to know that before somebody embarrassed him. Because there are some, 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 some preachers that will embarrass you when you're out of order. They'll just straight up embarrass you. I just put him over this side and say, son, you just do what you told to do. I felt no need to embarrass him. I felt the need to teach him, to show him the way. So he said now, verse 21, And thine ears shall hear a word from behind. From behind. Not from the front, but from behind. And what shall it say? This is the way. Walk ye in it. When you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left, like David did and like we do when we're out there and and we're over there fighting with the Philistines and losing everything over here. See, See, if he'd have been listening to that voice, 
from behind, it would have told him, don't walk that way. Walk this way. In other words, stay where you are. Protect your stuff. Amen? That's what he's talking about there. He's leading from behind. And let me tell you something. When a shepherd is leading sheep from behind, he's walking in a whole lot of mess. Y'all heard it before. Come on, y'all. People are messy. People are messy. Sin makes us messy. And if the leadership don't correct the mess and keep the mess cleaned out and see mess when mess is there and it just piles up and it's piled, then you'll see just how important a janitor is when everything ain't cleaned up on daily basis. Oh, y'all don't talk to me. You'll get real, real nasty, right? I'm just bringing it home to you now. I'm about finished. Now, it goes on here and it tells us in verse 22, when we begin to hear that voice from behind, put it up there for me, 22, please. It says, you shall defile also the covering of thy... (laughs) I'm going to stop right there for a minute. I'm going to stop right there. Because, put it back up there, man. I want to show up something. See, before we were defiling the things of God. But when we start hearing that voice behind us, we start defiling that other stuff. Them graven images of money. Look at it. And the ornaments of thy Molten images of God, you know, you know them old statues and all that old crazy stuff that they're going crazy over that they never should have erected anyway. Ain't no statue should be of no man nowhere and certainly not of God. Because God say don't make no graven image of me. And if you say don't make no graven image of me, why are you going to make one for yourself? That's what got Nebuchadnezzar. Ran out in the wilderness for seven years because he built a great statue of himself. And now you've got Christians, conservative KKK Christians, who are standing up for the foolishness of this country. Stupid as a mule. Blind leading the blind. What happened to the word of God? What happened? How can you follow wrong when you say you're a Christian? How can you do that? It's wrong. So now you got your statues up and, and they're all over the place and you're really ready to kill and not only kill but be killed. For that statue. Oh, y'all don't hear me. Oh, see, 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 my job is to wake you up. Mm. But everybody not. Some of us still caught up in man. And you can't hear the voice behind you. But when you start hearing that voice behind you, 
you'll start defiling all this other stuff that you thought was important. You'll throw your politics out the window, church, and get with the government of God. If you get with the government of God, it don't make no difference what they do. God got you. If you ever notice, man always tries to divide you. But the Bible says God not the author of confusion, but of peace. And so is all the churches of the same. So we got one, they say, leftist. And these are the right. That's division. Paul say you don't have no schism in the body. You understand what I'm saying? So we need to throw them out there. Throw, throw them in the water. Because they drowning anyway. And throw them that's falling with them in the water because they ain't going to listen no way. Because they're going to go right back to believing and doing what. Trust God, people. Because cursed is the man that puts his trust in man. Leave that mess alone. I was talking to a pastor last night about that. Trying to enlighten him. He, he did what was over with. Now, however long it lasts, I can't say. Oh, boy. The, uh, <laughs> well, I got him good. I did. Because he liked to soft, soft you around stuff. Are you either with God or you're not. You can't, you can't be both ways now. You know, <laughs> you can't be both ways. You can't, you can't serve God and mammon do now. Which one you with? Who you with? And the Bible says now, Ye shall defile also the covering of my graven images of silver and the ornaments of the molten images of gold. Thou shalt do what? Cast them away as a... Well, everybody know what that is. And that's God's way. That ain't mine. But you know what it is. It's just like a dirty diaper. Only thing you can do with it is throw it away. Right? Am I right about it? What are you going to hold it for? It's defiled. Huh? I mean, come on. And it's the same way with them molding images. That's a defilement. He said, cast it away as you would a dirty diaper. You'll cast it away. You, you're not going to hold it there. Because if you do, then... That ain't going to work either. And he goes on and he says, not only do I want you to cast it away as a menstruous cloth, but thou shalt say unto it, he says, speak to this thing. Thou shalt say to it, that it is whatever it is, that's paying our head up. At some point in time, see, that's what Jesus said to Satan. He said, get thee hence. He spoke to it. When that voice speaks to us from behind, stop looking for it to speak to us from the front. Stop thinking that it's going to be a loud, thunderous, tumultuous thing because it's not. It's going to be a still voice that says, go this way. This is the way. Walk ye therein. And what God is trying to tell us, church, is that he's made us the head and not the tail. And that means when he say, walk ye 
this way and walk in this way, he's telling us to walk in our wealthy places. Stop walking in our impoverished places. You know, frustration, depression, addiction, and all of this. It takes a while to come out of this. But we got to keep fighting. We can't give up. We got to keep fighting. If our relationships aren't going correctly, we got to keep fighting to make it work. Because if you don't spend this time together, then it's worthwhile to make it work. Because you know what you got there, and you don't know what you got when you go out there after two birds in a bush. Church, what I'm saying here is this. And I'm closing. I'm getting on out of your way. I'm saying it's a beautiful day outside. And it's a wonderful thing to be breathing the breath of life. It's a wonderful thing to have your family, to have your health, to have your security. Because I told you before, and I'll tell it to you again because I heard it from the Lord. No matter what happens, ain't nobody going to lose nothing. No houses, no jobs. Because if you lose a job, then you still going to, God got it. As long as you keep the job with God, everything else is going to be all right. I'll guarantee you that you won't miss a beat. You got to trust God, though. It doesn't matter about what it looks like. It doesn't matter about you are not where you're supposed to be today. Because there's always going to be another day somewhere. Whether here on this earth or somewhere else. So that means that you always have a chance. Except for one thing. Don't leave up out of here unsaved. Can't get no get back on that. But everything else you can get get back on. Because see, God has covered our sins, right? With his blood. I plead the blood over the souls of this church. God has already done that. So you don't have to worry. You don't have to look at news all day long because all it is is negative. And what you feed yourself, that's what you're going to deposit or, 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 or shoot out. Because it's in there. You don't have nothing to fear, people. Nothing at all. As long as you stay in the hands of God. Yes, mistakes are going to be made. Yes, there's going to be adversity. Yes, there's going to be afflictions. He said it. But he said it so that we could... Allow ourselves to be squeezed to the point where we could begin to see the teachers because they're not going to be in the corner no more. They're going to be right there in your face giving you the word of God on a different level. And and then you're going to be able to I ain't going to say it. But I can tell you this. I can tell you this right now. A 
A Cadillac drive better than a Jeep. But you won't know that until you get in one and you'll be able to distinguish the difference. You don't know how a steak tastes if all you've ever eaten is bologna. And you'll think that the bologna tastes like steak. And it does if that's all you got. And that's cool. Because I've had much less. And that's why ain't nothing in this world that's material that I really care about. And my wife can attest to that. Somewhere along the line, I lost the desire to collect things. (laughs) I did. So, sometimes, you know, I just say to myself, all I need is God. Because everything God said in his word, when I start walking with him, he brought it. Everything. He said, I'll put you in houses you didn't build. He did that. He said, I'll put you a solitary man with a family. He did that. Everything that I needed, God gave to me. And more. So can't nobody tell me through my own experience with God what God will do and what God won't do because God is not a man and therefore he don't tell lies like a man. But the Bible says let God be true and every man a lie. Remember the ephod. It's the light of God in you. It takes the Holy Spirit to bring that to you. Remember the breastplate, God's divine will in you. All you got to do is ask the question and hear the voice from behind, and it'll talk to you. It'll talk to you. It'll talk to you even in your madness like it did with Solomon. In Solomon's drunkenness and laying around with a thousand women, he still heard wisdom. Now, I don't know how you can hear wisdom. <laughs> But he did. You know how many thousand women is minister? My God from Yahweh. What's wrong with you, man? Everybody got problems. That's what I'm trying to say. The best of us. But how many of y'all know that God still loves you? No matter what your problems are, it don't make no difference. Take it to God. Just take it to him. He's the problem solver. Already got it solved. Amen. Anybody in here want to get saved today? Anybody feel the need to come up and get prayer? It's okay. Come on up. Come on up. Stand right down there. Anybody want to rededicate their life? Anybody want to get prayed for anything? Come on up. Tell God about it. Tell the Lord about it.
It's all right. God's a good God. God wants us to come forward and step out on him. It's all right. How you doing, brother? God ain't against us. God is for us. And we as the people of God, we're not against one another. We're for each other. Up in here we are called headship won't have it no other way. I'm going to tell y'all something. I will fight for you all. Now all y'all know it that's been here. Hey, my brother, don't mess with House of Destiny and his people. You know what I'm saying? Well, we got you covered by God up in here. Ain't no foolishness up in here. Mm-mm. Our souls at stake. I tell people that all the time. It's good to see you, granddaughter. This is my little granddaughter here, and then I got another. Where's my other one at? Now my other one back there. Come on up here, baby. Let me pray for you, too. Yeah, I'm about the same height. Come on here, sweetheart. Every time. What's your prayer? What you need. Father, we pray right now, Father God, for this special prayer, Father God. Same one he's asking for, so am I, Father God. And I heard the word of the Lord say, it's already there. We just have to receive it in Jesus' name. I'm praying with you and I'm with you, brother. What you need, sis? Strength. Father, in the name of our Holy Father. Father, we ask right now for this sister to have strength. Strength in her soul, Father God. Bring it out. Bring it out and help her to have and to reach the destinations that she want to reach in life, Father God. Give her joy, Father God. Give her the peace that surpasses all, not some, but all understanding. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. 